Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 266. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, gonna be honest with you, I have not been a lot of playing a lot of video games recently. Uh, unfortunately, I've been mostly editing Buddy Mission Bond video. Um, that was kind of like last weekend and then early last week. That was the an, an intense focus of mine was editing those, that Buddy Mission Bond video together. And and if, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but like my estimate for just the video editing for Buddy Mission Bond, like literally... Not, not talking about writing the script, editing the script, aud- like recording audio, editing the audio, all that stuff. Just editing the video together for me was going to be probably about 20 to 25 hours. It was my expectation. And it seems to be lining up. I, I, I don't know, you know, compared to other people who make videos, how much that is, is accurate. I think it depends on what you feel like is important when you're editing video together. There's definitely things that I think that I overemphasize at times. So I really focus on like what I'm showing to you when based off when I'm saying something in the script. So I will go and dig through, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours of gameplay to find the bit of footage I'm looking for that will fit this one particular line that I want it to fit with. Um, and, And so I spend a lot of time thinking about that. Um, unfortunately, it's not one of those things that I can just like write down a timestamp when I'm playing the game. Most of the time, I don't know what I'm going to need until I'm done with the game and I'm writing the review. And then like when I'm writing it, there are certain things that come to mind like, oh, I will want to include this kind of thing. So, but sometimes it is something that I, I just overemphasize. Like I had something where I was like, oh, like I'm talking about how Buddy Vision Bond sometimes has these scenes that they show you like very in-depth scenes about certain things happening. And it feels completely, you know irrelevant to to what's happening but it comes back way later in the game to be very important and there's a a very specific reason why this thing happened essentially um and and so like i went on my way to find some footage for that and put it in and like you know spent however long it was digging up exactly what i wanted to show but the reality is is like unless you've played the game um, or B can read the text on screen. Like even even if you can read the text on screen, if you haven't played the game, you might not know. So unless you've played the game, really, like you're not gonna know why I'm showing that scene for the most part. So like sometimes things like that where it's like I probably probably didn't need to go out of my way to really edit something like that in. But if you did play Buddy Mission Bond and played through it, then you might better understand why I'm showing that particular thing. So, anyways, just some stuff like that that it just is like really. Really takes up a lot of time just to edit that particular stuff in. But uh, I think the next, like, I'm like 15 minutes into the video. So I think the next, like, seven minutes or so should get uh, end around, like, 23-minute mark on that. Um, I think that should only take me another, like, four to five hours. I haven't really worked on it since because I just need to take a break. I was really burned out. This is essentially two videos in one video for me because it's not only a review of Buddy Mission Bond, um, but also um, an English guide for Buddy Mission Bond as well similar to the PCFX series. So I'm basically attaching two of those things onto each other. Um, and I and I go really in-depth about character in, in, in Buddy Mission Bond. And I probably go a little too much, maybe a little too verbose at times when it comes to certain things. But because I know I don't have experience really talking about the type of game Buddy Mission Bond is, I wanted to make sure that I conveyed exactly what I was trying to say. And so I erred on the uh, the side of say too much than say too little kind of thing. So I don't know if that's going to cause any problems, but for now, I think it's working out pretty all right. Um, I ran the first seven minutes of the script by a few p- different people because I was a little concerned about certain things about the script. 
Um, just things that I feel like I could have tightened up a little bit more, but I'm trying to make the effort to not like really obsess over the scripts anymore and focus more on just trying to get something that's like complete readable and I can go ahead and make a video around. And um, nobody mentioned the issues that I was pointing out or that I, I have noticed and like stand out to a sore thumb to me because I have been listening to that script and audio recording over and over and over again at this point. So if nobody else is noticing, then I won't worry too much about it. Um, there's a couple different changes I need to make on the back end. It just was like some things that I realized after like sitting there and listening to it. I was like, I don't go deep enough into this aspect of the game. Let me add in a couple sentences here just to make sure that, that I'm conveying what I need to convey there. So, but yeah, so really video games did not really happen much. I think I played like a Farland story on one night and, you know, Farland Story is still just being Farland Story. There's really not a lot to say about that game. It's unfortunate that I, I just kind of don't care about that game. I will finish it, but um, it, it is just something that I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is a fine. Um, it seems like, like, and I need to do more research into it. It seems like Farland Story is like a fairly important game to some degree, though. I need to like look at the timeline of things. Um, it seems like it maybe had a pretty big impact on like strategy RPGs at the time. Um, but you know, it kind of feels like that Final Fantasy IV situation where like, I understand the importance of Final Fantasy IV and, and why it needs to exist and why, you know, it, what parts of Final Fantasy IV, what really stood out. But like, when I think about it from a modern perspective, when I sit down and play Final Fantasy IV and just trying to enjoy it, I'm just like, there's just not much here for me. <laughs> like, like this is, yes, this is like the, the bare skeleton of what a JRPG should be in the modern day. Right. And it's like cool that it, it it reached that point right but it, it like i any other jrpg released after 1991 will do more for me so so yeah um so i did that i also did some like youtube background kind of like maintenance stuff uh i updated a lot of taggings uh i added uh closed captions to all the premiere videos back to um, the Rodea, the Sky Soldier one, there's a couple of them that have, that I need to like kind of go back and mess with a little more, the Near and Disaster Day of Crisis one, because I just uploaded my script basically, and I made some changes to the script just to like make it like, uh, you know, the text look cleaner. Um, but, uh, the, there are like those games, those videos rely on the game dialogue as well. So I probably need to like go and like insert the game dialogue as, as being spoken to. So I don't, I haven't looked at those videos to see how bad the closed captions might turn out if it, if that's the case. Um, but it's better than nothing. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that took way longer than I thought updated thumbnails and stuff too. So if you go, um, look at that, that's all there. Probably more important, honestly, for you guys though, is that, uh, the, the YouTube homepage now is broken up into different categories now. So essentially you have the premiere videos that are on top. So no longer are they featured videos, they're premiere videos. And then I have featured content, which basically breaks up videos by the type of video. So are they a review? Are they like a commentary on something? Are they, you know, uh, a stream? Are they a, a, a podcast? Things like that. So I have sections for that. And I also started up a section for topics. That's kind of shallow at the moment, but it has stuff like, you know, PCFX, Nintendo, Wii and DS, um, obscure games, import games, things like that. So you can go and select a playlist based off topic. And so it won't worry about the type of content it is. It'll just worry about the topic 
I set it to essentially. So there's a couple more in there. I think Games for Girls is in there as well as like JRPGs. And I, I probably will add some more in the future. But for now, that's that's how it's set up. So if you ever like were like, I would love to look through your backlog, but your YouTube was a nightmare to look through before. Um, it is a bit better now. Um, if there's something that you specifically would like me to try to isolate better, let me know. I can definitely look into it and see if I can do that. So, yes. So that was a big chunk of this week for me, honestly. That stuff, unfortunately, is like not fun stuff, but it's stuff that I needed to do and it was long overdue, unfortunately. So I'm glad I finally got that out of the way. So um, last week I mentioned I did not have an internet connection last week. And so I had some stuff I wanted to talk about that were just like off the top of my head that I knew knew I could talk about, basically. Um, you know, I did look up some stuff on my phone if it was like if I needed it to even talk about it, but I didn't like go deep into each story. Just like here's the Nintendo Direct stuff and things like that. So um, I did go through my news, though, um, once my Internet was back and realized, holy crap, there's a lot of things that probably we should talk about on this podcast. So there are a few of these news stories that are going to be fairly um, old at this point, but they're also niche enough that maybe you have not heard them yet. So. Um, and then there's a couple in here that I think are, 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 are just kind of things I, I just want to do some follow-ups on. But one quick, quick correction, though, from last week. Um, we, I talked about the Monster Rancher Ultra, Ultraman Kaiju game. Apparently that was already announced for localization. So that is coming to the West. So, um, that is there. Also, I, I did not look into this fully, but I think it's there. Fishing Spirits, there's, there's the sequel that's coming out now, or at least the, the new one there's coming out, but the, apparently the original Fishing Spirits on Switch did get an English release. I think, I forget if it got actually localized or not, or like actually like released in the West or if it's like an Asian release, but yeah, it sounds like there is English though. So if you do want to play the original Fishing Spirits game on the Switch, that is available. I probably will only play the f- sequel honestly, just because it has like a story mode. I, I don't know if that first game has a story mode or not, honestly. But anyways, I'm I, if I play it, I, I don't know. I don't I have not made any commitments to any fishing games at, at this point in my life yet. So so, yeah, a um, couple things I did want to talk about a little bit, though. A couple of these are just follow ups on some games that we've talked about in the past. Then we'll go into the Patreon and then we'll get into some more um, newer news stories. One is uh, One Piece Odyssey. This is that One Piece RPG that we've been uh, following a little bit. Um, I'm still, I very, I'm very doubtful I will play One Piece Odyssey, to be honest with you, um, just because I have way too many JRPGs on my plate. And as as much as I don't know enough about One Piece, I don't get the impression that One Piece is going to be ever be super appealing to me. Uh, I don't necessarily say that just based off Unlimited Adventure. Unlimited Adventure seems like a game that doesn't really utilize the one piece property in terms of a story in any real way it seems like it's more of just using it for like characters and boss battles and things like that but anyways one piece odyssey though um this is the the turn-based rpg and i was always kind of curious like what kind of battle system are they going to do here within you know being turn-based is it going to be a simple attack defend magic whatever thing um but they put out a development diary and it seems like they have a couple of different um kind of neat twist to that to its combat system one is it seems like it has a kind of like a final fantasy 10-ish like character swap mid battle so you can swap party members in and out um but probably more importantly um there's basically a kind of a grid system so when you uh act with the character it seems like one character that's like standing in one spot will then move to another like i get i think they're like hexagons technically you move to that hexagon and then um essentially they'll attack there um, it doesn't seem super complicated. I'm, I'm going to guess maybe there's like some 
this is not a part of what they said, but I'm going to guess there's maybe some like positioning things you can do and things like that. But more importantly, they kind of mentioned some of these more like Valkyria Chronicle style bonus effects um, that would happen or, or even sometimes negative debuff stuff as well. Um, so the, the example that stood out to me was the one with a Sanji. I think he's the blonde guy who I think he smokes a cigarette in the Japanese version. He's like, he uses a lollipop in the, the U S release. Um, like if he's like surrounded by female characters on this grid, he apparently can't act anymore. So it's like little silly things like that, that probably are going to tie into some of the character personalities and character, you know, trivia of, of that franchise that I think could be pretty cool. Um, but I don't think it's going to be something that's really going to jump out and, 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 you know, be for me. They also showed some general, like, overworld exploration and how you used characters to kind of interact with the world to open up new paths, but it didn't seem like anything too crazy. So, anyways, um, I'm probably going to look at that One Piece game a couple more times, but I think I know what I need to know to say at this point that I probably won't play it. Um, it does look like it has some cool elements to it, but I just think I don't really have a lot of interest in the One Piece brand at this point, um, specifically. Uh, again, that's not to say anything about Unlimited Adventure. Just I, I just personally don't have any connection to that. Um, and then the combat system seems um, seems like it's pretty all right and has like a neat twist to it. But no, nothing so crazy that I feel like I need to go out my, well, my way to play it. I think so. If there's some like new big like reveal about that combat system and some really cool stuff about that, maybe that can draw me back in. But I think at this point, I'm pretty much settled on like, hey, what they've shown so far seems likely that I probably won't end up playing it. But if they can show some more neat mechanics in the combat system, I, I might be drawn in for that. Um, also kind of related, again, another RPG I probably won't play um, is Star Ocean 6. Um, this is the, you know, new Star Ocean game. I forget, the, they gave it a subtitle. I forgot what it was and did not write it down, but they gave it a subtitle. Um, anyways, but this Star Ocean game, um, one of the neat things about it, if you don't know the Star Ocean series, like an action RPG kind of thing, I've only ever played Star Ocean 3 and I, I didn't like it that much. I think I gave it like a 7 out of 10. It's one of the earliest games I reviewed on the website. Um, but, uh, the, the combat system for this game though, they have like an AP meter, which basically the AP meter drains based off what attacks you use kind of thing. And so the, the thing that they were really showing off in this was like, if you use certain skills, um, in combat, it actually increases your max AP meter, which means you can utilize, um, other like higher damage moves and stuff like that. Um, as your AP meter increases essentially. So you use some lower level moves to essentially work your way up to a higher level move. Um, so I thought that was kind of like a neat idea. They also had some custom combo stuff where you could basically create your own combos within, um, within the, uh, the, the, you know, character customization. I thought that was kind of neat as well. Um, but unfortunately this game probably just won't be something I get to uh, anytime soon. It's a triace game. Um, and I honestly, I always say that if Monolith Soft went out of business or didn't exist, which I, at this point, I don't think we're looking at Monolith Soft going out of business anytime soon. They, they're pretty well off at this point with the Xeno franchise, but say I lost interest in Monolith Soft because all they're doing is pumping out Xenoblade games and I don't care anymore no more xenoblade in my life <laughs> um, uh, i think triace would be the company i'd probably start like cozying up to next with that um, a big thing with that though is just i have a lot of triace games that i have just laying around here that i need to get to um and a lot of like 360 triace games i always want to try infinite undiscovery and things like that so there's a lot of games in that thing jrpgs are just a difficult topic for me as you guys probably know if you've been listening for a long time but would really love to play more of them um, what would get me to buy Star Ocean 6 at this point? That's a really tough question. Um, 
maybe if they announced Star Ocean 6 would be a 20-hour RPG, <laughs> maybe that would be, like, enough. I'm like, oh, it's, like, nice and compact, and, like, I can just go through this game in 20 hours? Cool. I like a good 20-hour RPG. I was thinking about this recently with um, uh, Torn of the Golden Country. I was like, I love how just compact that game is. It's a great, well-rounded package. Dragon Quest Swords on the Wii is also a great example of that. Um, to some extent, Last Rebellion. I think Last Rebellion has its problems, but you know, I like a good, I like a good fifteen to twenty hour JRPG. I think that's a good length for those. Sometimes, not saying every single one. I think there's a lot of benefit from JRPGs that are like, hey, we're gonna keep you connected to these characters for fifty to seventy hours at the very least, right? Um, but I think a good twenty hour RPG um, is is a welcome thing from time to time. So. Megaton Musashi. This is that level five mech game that came out a while ago. Uh, I believe on PS4 and PS5 and Switch. Am I remember that correctly? Let me let me look that up real quick. Yeah, so Switch and PS4 and by extension PS5 from there. But yeah, Megaton Musashi. Uh, the uh, that game is gonna go free to play. Um, so this is that mech game, um, and, uh, apparently they had season one that came out when they did the original release, and then going forward, they're doing, going into season two, and when season two starts, people can download the game and play it, you know, for free from, from there on. So, um, I don't think that game has English in it, so it is something that, if you want to check it out, it's going to be Jap Japanese only, but, um, you know, if it is free to play, then I, I don't think there's anything keeping you from just logging on to the Japanese eShop and uh or playstation uh store and just downloading that game and giving it a shot it looks like a really cool game it looks kind of like a gundam uh gunpla style game like the gundam breaker series something like that so i'm kind of interested in it um i don't know if i'll check it out or not we'll see um but but it's something that that kind of jumped out to me um but i think it is uh I, it makes me wonder if like if that game did not sell well enough and that's why they're kind of resorting to free to play i mean level five I don't know. I feel like if level five knots are shutting their doors tomorrow, I would not be surprised. Um, maybe I don't fully understand like how successful successful they are. Or aren't. I haven't looked into their financials recently or anything. So, but it just feels like they're down on their luck and they can't get things uh, to work out for them. So, speaking of not understanding things, by the way, this is not on my list, but it's something I've been trying to think about recently and need to do some research into. I mentioned a couple weeks back that like I looked at the media crate charts for Buddy Mission Bond and that it was like, I think it sold like 10,000 copies before it dropped off the media crate charts. So I went and looked at like another Ruby Party game. I forget. It's it's like Hakuden something seven. It's like uh, the, the one of their long running series. And I went to see like how long that game also on the Switch released in 2020 um, was uh, how that game sold. And it only sold 16,000 units before it dropped off of um, uh, Media Create. And that's the seventh entry in that franchise. So unless there's like some weird thing about like, uh, you know, that particular game not selling well in that franchise, I'm wondering if like 10 to 20,000 units is pretty standard for a Ruby Party game. That seems low. Um, also that doesn't include digital sales obviously as well. So, but I wonder if it's just one of those things that like they make up on the merch on the back half of just like, Hey, we got 10,000, you know, people who love these, these boys and we are going to milk them dry. <laughs> so, um, I wonder if like Buddy Mission Bond is still considered a success, but success in the scope of like what a Ruby party game would be. So I don't know that's for sure if that's the case. I need to do more research. If you know about that, let me know. Japanese sales numbers are always weird to me, um, but Ruby Party stuff, probably even more weirder. So let me know if you know about it, but otherwise, I just need to look into it more. It's not going to be something I do for the Buddy Mission Bond video. It's just something I was curious about. So, yeah. 
And the last thing here before we get into the Patreon question is PSO2 is coming to PS4 worldwide finally. So if you don't remember, PSO2's been out in Japan forever. Finally got localized a couple years back, I think, at this point. I think it was around 2020. Um, and uh, Microsoft seemed to be like a big pusher of, of trying to get it out over here. And uh, they got exclusivity on console uh, here in the West for a while. And finally, that exclusivity is ending. And the PS4 version will finally be officially localized, which is very cool. Um, I It's uh, August 31st is when it's going to come out. I'll be curious to see if this makes me more likely to try it out. I mean, my PC is plenty capable of running PSO2 now. My last PC, the processor in it was too old. Um, and so it just did not, like, uh, uh, it was just incompatible, essentially, with PSO2. Um, and the, the new engine with that new Genesis, specifically. Um, but being on console, I think, like, an, a, anything that's on console always feels easier for, easy for me to pick up and play. So I've been wanting to check out new Genesis, but I think the reality is, is I would personally prefer to play um portable to infinity which i still have not done yet um but the fan translation for that is done i have it installed on my my vita tv as well so like all i gotta do is plug that in and get going on that so uh i feel like i should probably go do that instead because that's gonna have a very finite or definite end versus pso2 which is you know still going but at the the same time pso2 with new genesis is still kind of like within the first you know, year or so of its life. So I don't know. It's, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm always thinking about playing Fantasy Star Online 2. I'm always thinking about playing Final Fantasy 14. I'm always thinking about playing Dragon Quest 10. Like, I, I always dream of playing these MMOs, but I know they don't fit in my life, unfortunately. So, so I don't know. Um, but still very cool that it's finally getting out. I definitely think the PlayStation audience is a, a good audience for a Fantasy Star Online game. Um, so I think that definitely is going to expand the reach of that game uh, a bit. And it's free to play, too. So, you know, it is a good alternative to Final Fantasy 14, which is not free to play. So it's Patreon time. Patreon, welcome Patreon people and Patreon non non Patreon people. I was about to say Patreon non people, <laughs> the the Patreon subscribers who are not real people. They're bots. Uh, there are three people who donate to the the donate to the uh, Patreon this month. That is Jillian, Paul, Daniel, and Discreet. Thank you guys again so much for your support. Um, what are you guys getting this week? Fuck Vano. This week, you're getting a failed attempt at making a TikTok or YouTube short video. Um, if you haven't talked to me much, you might, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast. I think occasionally about like what kind of video game content I could do on TikTok or YouTube shorts. Um, not necessarily because I think it's like a great way to build an audience, to be honest with you, but I just think the format's kind of interesting. And, um, you know, as somebody who likes to talk about a great diversity of games, um, any, any format that lets me do that, uh, makes me happy. You know, we used to have a segment on the show called Video Game Bits, and I loved doing that segment. Um, and I do not do it anymore because the podcast goes too long now. <laughs> but, but, um, so I've been thinking about different ways to handle that. But I tried to do, try to repurpose a article that I wrote a while back ago about a Dojin game, um, and make it into like a, a, a TikTok video. And it actually fit within the requirements of a TikTok video. It did not fit within the requirements of a YouTube short. Um, and I wasn't particularly happy with it either, to be honest. There's a lot of troubles with it. So basically it's kind of a done, like, I guess you could say proof of concept, 
but uh, I do not like the concept that I proofed. So <laughs> uh, it is it is no longer happening, but you can watch that video if you subscribe at the $5 bonus level of Patreon, where you get to see bonus content. You get bonus content, you get behind the scenes content. I'm thinking about maybe doing like a behind the scenes video about making the Buddy Mission Bond video, but I will say it will all be in post. I did not record myself making the Buddy Mission Bond video in real time. I don't know if I ever would want to do that. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm not closing it out, but like, like I, I just feel weird about like, you know, recording myself working on something, this weird thing, but it might be fun to kind of like walk through the, 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 the troubles and tribulations of what that, that making that video was. Um, so we'll see, but for now, there you go. That TikTok video, it's a Dojin game as well. It's called uh, Magic Fantasy. There's an article up on my website. If you want to check that out, I'll link in the description. If you want to read about Magic Fantasy, but you can see the TikTok weird ver video version of that on the Patreon for $5. Did you know? You can also instead, in addition to if you want to donate five dollars, uh, you can also, or I guess in, in not addition, if you don't want to donate five dollars for bonus content, you also can do a three dollar level, which will get you uh, uh, the ability to ask a, a podcast question. And this week we have a podcast question from Jillian, and that podcast question is: If the game lets you pick your gender, how do you decide? Decide the gender you have in that video game. Um, yeah, I jump between making male and female characters. I don't know what the ratio is, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's, I would say it's probably 50-50, but I think if you went and did the math, it probably isn't. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things that I, 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 that make me, like, I think there's a couple things that I look at. Um, one is just, like, what have I been doing recently? You know, if I've made male characters the last two to three games I've played on, I'll play a female character instead. Um, but the other thing is, is how does a game treat its gender with characters? Um, specifically, you know, male characters do often do not get the same um, level of uh, commitment for, like, different hairstyles and stuff like that as female characters. And, and a lot of times female characters in games will get the male options. So it's like you will, you, it will be a detriment to pick a male character because you get less options to, to pick as a male character. And I think that's really annoying. I think that's really stupid. I understand why, you know, it's one of those things that you can think about with like, okay, like, and, 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 and things have changed since then. And like Final Fantasy 14 has like, you know, gender neutral clothing options now. And like, you could switch between uh, male and female clothing for, for both guys and girls. I think, I don't know if it's for the entire set of armor they have, but I think they've been working on that. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that like, I can totally understand, you know, not wanting to dedicate a resource of, you know, making dresses like equipable on men for probably, you know, what subfraction of the, the, the audience will ever interact with that, right? Um, I just don't really know, um, you know, what that looks like, honestly. And so I, I kind of understand that thing uh, with it. But I personally just like as much freedom as possible with my characters. Um, so for me, it's like, hey, just let me make my character look however I want. Like, that's that's the big thing. And so... I think I'm I'm leaning more towards just like, hey, if you want to set a gender option, you can have it, and I'll say if you're male or female. But otherwise, just like, my, let me make my character look however I want to make them look, so, or make them look. So, um, but yeah, a lot of games don't don't abide by those rules. A lot of games will give like two times more hairstyles for females. You get games. You know, it's not so much these days, but like you know, Fancy Star Online back in the day. 
You know, generally it felt like the female characters got more weapons than the male characters and things like that, that were gender specific. And they were just like funner weapons. Like, you know, you get the little like nurse bag and stuff like that. Um, I think there's like the, uh, Ray or Nay, Nay's call. I don't know. The, 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 the fancy star online lady or fancy star lady that uh, has the purple hair. She, she had like her claw. So there's like, they're, they're just like funner, like, like weapons and stuff where the guys are like, Oh, I got stag cutterly. <laughs> it's like a red, red saber. Cool. Thanks. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that I, 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 it's a game by game thing. I will usually pop up both options and look and evaluate a game and say, what is this game doing, um, with its, with its outfits and stuff like that? Um, with his or outfits, unfortunately, you can't really tell ahead of time most of the time. But like hairstyles, things like that, you can kind of figure out what how how much of the game's gonna care about about you as a male character, um, because it's just not a guarantee that you're gonna get the options that you want. Um, it's something that uh, like uh, sort of online Fatal Bullet. Um, that game, while it actually was like pretty liberal on the male um character customization. Uh, most of the outfits in that game were female only, kind of understandably, because they're like, here's the outfit from all the characters in the show. We, we released that outfit, but it's a female only outfit because like, you know, most of the characters in Sword of Online are females because it's like a hair of anime, right? With one dude and like 20 women. So it's like, it's understandable. Uh, but the guys got cool jackets. So, <laughs> um, so there was gender specific outfits in there, but it's just like the, 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 uh, it was off balanced for, for different reasons. So I, I definitely just have the mind, like, if you can afford to do it, just go ahead and like, you know, make it so everybody can equip everything and let people just customize their character however they want to customize their character. And, um, but otherwise, you know, if all those factors are out of the place, it is literally just 50, 50, you know, what, what am I feeling kind of thing? Um, I did notice that I think I, when I play more realistic games, I will typically lean towards like a female character versus a male character. Um, but I feel like when I play more like anime games, I will typically lean towards a male character. Anyways, I, I don't know, but but yes, that's it for that, though. Thank you so much for asking that question. I appreciate it. Thank you again, everybody, for contributing to the Patreon. I'm going to probably be pushing on the Patreon a bit harder on the YouTube here shortly. Um, and I'm also trying to uh, update the website to formally uh, integrate Patreon content there because it's been kind of um, hidden there in a lot of ways. Um, so that's something that I was trying to do this weekend, but the other YouTube stuff got in the way. So unfortunately, just didn't really get around to it. But uh, I'll continue to work on that and try to get that put together. Also have like a Patreon style video coming up here that's not truly a Patreon a video that's coming out, but I am labeling it as a Patreon unlock because it would have been a Patreon video if I didn't, um, didn't put it out, but I didn't want to like, you know, put out a free Patreon video and then like not have Patreon content for people who pay. So I basically put, made two Patreon videos, uh, and made one free essentially on the, uh, the normal week. So yes, that's it. Anyways, back to news. Um, this is something I missed last week. Um, and it's kind of funny because like I had a lot of people mention Super Bomberman R2 to me and uh, before the Nintendo Direct. And I was kind of like, I just kind of saw that and was like, oh, yeah, OK, some more Super Bomberman R. Um, I have not played Super Bomberman R, to be honest with you, so I don't know much about it. I do know they shut the servers down for the Battle Royale one recently. So people were like scared about that or I think maybe just for the game in general, not just the Battle Royale one. Um, but uh, but R2 was announced and I I. I 
have no real thoughts or feelings on it. Although I think somebody mentioned to me that it's going to have like a more adventure mode thing, which I'm all for putting adventure modes in your, your, you know, multiplayer focused video game. I, I like having single player content in multiplayer focused games. So, um, that's why I like super smash brothers brawl so much, despite the game itself, not playing super great. Um, but anyways, uh, or maybe not super great, but you know, out, outside the standard of what like a super smash brothers would play like for the most part. Um, Anyways, but instead of what we absolutely had to talk about was Rainbow Bomber Girl. Uh, Rainbow Bomber Girl, really not a lot to say about this beyond it is a new uh, version of Bomber Girl coming out. Um, it is going to have uh, new classes and things like that added in. So that's that's neat. I'm going to guess they're going to add some other stuff in there as well. But it basically, it's just a version update for Bomber Girl. That franchise has been going on for quite a while now. So it makes sense to do like a little a little refresh um, I still am hoping someday there's going to be a more reasonable way to play that in the U.S., but probably not going to happen. You know, it is. I think it largely is at round ones in Japan, so I would like to think, I would like for it to show up at round ones in the U.S., but maybe just too horny for that. <laughs> Um, understandably, maybe. And and this is not really a huge deal, but Chase Chase Jokers, which seems like it's probably from the same developers as Bomber Girl, um, also arcade game, but it's like three characters chasing after one character who gets a key and like unlocks a door, I think, is if I recall the general concept. Um, they had like a second play test recently. Uh, it was on July 8th, and uh, I think it's at a round one in Akihabara or something like that. So, or maybe it was out here. It's in a round one somewhere. I don't remember exactly where. <laughs> um, but they had a second play test for that as well. So, there is this weird situation that i was not really aware of that happened recently um with an alice soft developer um or uh, the situation itself i don't think happened recently i think this game that they put out came out a while ago so if you don't know alice soft they're a uh, company who are known for uh i guess you could say pornographic video games like the rant series i believe is one of their things uh they also put out another game recently i forget what it was called but one of the characters is literally just named like porno in it but it's a hentai uh game series they make video games with erotic content in it um and so uh, a fellow from alice soft uh, i don't know his full name but his twitter name is k imuyi k imuyi um apparently left alice soft and made his own company called um I, I am YUIC, um, and they're a spinoff co- company, but they um, put out a game in 2020 called uh, Hentai Labyrinth. So as you can expect, it is a dungeon crawler with hentai elements on it. Um, and and they put that out, and it was actually in like collaboration with Alice Soft, it seems like. Um, but uh, their second game that they started making, um, which is called um, Temenus Historia, uh, they, Alice Soft essentially has dropped support for that game. So they went to a uh, campfire to do crowdfunding for it. They already met their goal for it and everything, but it's actually, from far as I can tell, it is a all, all ages kind of RPG game, um, with like a fairly cute amateurish kind of art style behind it. Definitely doesn't have like the polish of like hentai labyrinth. Um, and, and it looks kind of like, like very much mid development of like some of the character art looks really nice. Some of it looks a lot more uh, like somebody sketched out something fairly quickly kind of thing. Um, but uh, basically they went to go crowdfunding for it. Um, I think they were asking for like a thousand dollars or something really low. Let me see here. Let me do some, some Japanese number math real quick here. Yeah. They're asking for like a thousand dollars and I think they got like $4,000. So you know, not, they're not asking for huge numbers of, of money here, but they're, they're putting out a fairly, you know, 
almost RPG maker looking kind of game. I think it uses something called like Dragon something, some kind of engine. I can't find what it's running on, but I think it's like one of those uh, available um, RPG engines that you can just like, you know, create an RPG in with uh, that kind of thing. So uh, it's got kind of a cute look to it. Um, and I like a lot of the character designs, um, but it is it does look very uh, amateurish in a lot of ways. But um, I think a lot of people can appreciate that these days, um, that kind of art style. Um, I believe it is uh, going to be free to play based off the comments on here. It's it's machine translated, I will say. So I don't know for sure, but they call it the free scenario RPG. So that may or may not be accurate. I don't know about that, but, um, you know, they're essentially uh starting up their own little thing which is kind of neat i don't know how many people are there but you know for only about a thousand dollars to finish their video game i'd imagine it's probably not a ton of people working on it um but they're still i think pretty early on in their campaign funding i think they launched on like july 1st so they still have the rest of the month to go but that was an interesting little thing um i did not know that this dude broke off from alice soft and was just making games on his own so that's kind of neat um, I don't know exactly who he is at the company. I think he was listed as a game director at Alisoft there. Um, so uh, I don't know if he has like any 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 big titles he's worked on in the past that people would recognize. But I thought it was like an interesting little thing that happened. And, you know, I, I'm not the person to really give you the, the big lowdown of what, what this thing is. But I just thought it was like a fun little like news tidbit that showed up here. And then we have a handful of other like really smaller news stories that we're going to kind of blast through here real quick. Um, Metal Max is changing publishers. So if you don't remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about Metal Max. I think it's called Wild West or something like that. But the sequel to Metal Max, you know, or, or, or the next Metal Max game, I guess should probably say rather than sequel, um, got canceled. Um, and apparently Katakawa Games is giving up their publishing rights for both Metal Max Xeno, which is the uh, PS4 Metal Max game. Um, and then also uh, Metal Dogs, which is a top-down twin-stick shooter uh, featuring the dogs for the Metal Saka series um, with basically just go around and they have like turret backpacks. And if you don't know anything about Metal Max, it's like a really goofy military shooter kind of or, or military JRPG kind of thing. Um, it always is kind of kind of fun. Um, I don't know like if the, the more racing games are more serious. I don't know enough about Metal Max, unfortunately. But Metal Max Xeno... I always kind of read just as like trying a little too hard to be serious at times to me versus like Metal Saga, which is the one I picked up a while ago, which I have not played still. Uh, just seemed to like it's a little more like fun and carefree in some ways, but I haven't played those games. So I, I can't say for sure. If you're a Metal Max fan, let me know if that franchise has changed at all over the years, but uh, I just never got around to Metal Saga, unfortunately. But anyway, so the developer uh, or, or Katakawa Games sold the publishing rights off to both games to two different publishers, actually. So I don't know what this means for the Metal Max franchise going forward and who owns the IP, but uh, Clouded Leopard Entertainment um, is picking up uh, Metal Max Xeno, and then 24 Frames is picking up Metal Dogs. Uh, Metal Dogs is more of a spinoff title, so if anybody's going to be keeping the franchise long-term out of those two, I'd assume it's Clotted Leopard Entertainment. I had never heard of these guys before. I looked them up, and I was like, when I went to their website, their logo made me think I was on, like, a college sports team website. It's just like a panther, like, within, like, a shield kind of thing. But um, anyway, so they seem like they're kind of like an Asian region publisher, as far as I can tell. So um, they basically are publishing games not in Japan, but the area around Japan. Um, I, so I don't know if they're going to be publishing Metal Max games going forward in Japan specifically or not, but they're at least managing the rights for this particular game. So um, kind of 
interesting to see. That's a that's one of those long running franchises that has been around probably longer than it should have been, and it's kind of crazy. It's still there, um, and and it's a shame that it never really has taken off in the West with with the, especially with Metal Max Zeno coming out and the growing appreciation of those kind of games. I feel like here, um, but uh, I, I guess in now you know the question of is Japan sales enough being is another thing now right like like i guess katakawa was not happy enough with them to keep going with it so um this is kind of a fun little weird story um about uh tango gameworks they put out a mobile game called hero dice uh earlier this year and apparently less than three months after that game came out they are shutting it down with all purchases stopping on june 30th which i think was the day they announced this and then the game itself shuts down on august 31st it's like a you know gotcha based rpg with like dice you know elements uh for mobile and it's kind of crazy to just see this game pop up and just disappear it's one of those things that like like the industry is so crazy today these things could just completely pass you by like this fairly prevalent developer making this game and then just like passing on it immediately afterwards so i'm sure some some number didn't line up somewhere for them to be like this is worth trying to salvage or save after the initial launch numbers but it's crazy to see something like get work done on it get completed and pushed out and then just abandoned immediately basically so uh worth life is finally getting localized it's coming out july 14th so you know pretty soon actually been listening to this i think this is one of those things that was announced the week before um i always forget what this game is but i think it's like a 2d side scroller with life simulator elements very cute look to it it reminds me a little bit of like a little king story art style in some ways it's not exactly but that's generally what it reminds me of um this was announced at a nintendo direct a while ago but it was a japan only direct when it was announced so um that's getting localized which is nice Custom Robo is being added to Switch Online on July 15th. I think Puzzle League is being added as well on that same day. But that Custom Robo game is only being added to the Japanese Switch Online, it seems like, which is unfortunate because that game never got localized. I really like feel like, I don't know if they do this much, but I kind of feel like they should just add all those games to the Switch service and just be like, hey, this game's an import game, and if you want to try to stumble through it, you can't, buddy if you want um so i mean you can't access it to my understanding you just have to swap accounts and things like that but just like if they just like said hey we're just launching custom robo switch online on the u.s service too i think that would be fairly reasonable to do i think they're adding both the first and second game that came out on 64 um i picked up custom robo, robo on the gamecube but never played it unfortunately um and so i'm kind of curious about these particular versions of the game um but and i'd rather play the gamecube version at this point but very cool that's coming out and you know if you have nintendo switch online I believe you can just make a Japanese account, download that app, and then uh, and then go you know, go check it out. Uh, look into the exact details. Of that I don't know 100 how that works, but um, I believe Vink told me in the past that you can just basically do it without having to like re- like subscribe to a Japanese subscription specifically. Uh, and then finally, the Wii and DSiWare shops are back online. <laughs> It's been a while. Um, unsurprisingly, Nintendo probably does not care that much uh, about these shops. You cannot buy anything from them still. Um, you can only download games you've already purchased. So um, it is just there for you to reclaim your digital rights for it, essentially, if you need to. So, um, But yeah, I'm surprised they even bothered to bring it up online, to be honest with you. I kind of would figure they'd just be like, all right. Sucks for you guys at this point. Um, but but yeah, I mean, good on Nintendo for bringing it back because I think if I were like running Nintendo and I have to make a decision like that, I'd just be like, I don't know, just shut it down. But maybe it's like one of those things that like, it was a like, fairly minor fix and it just was a matter of finding the time to get someone to do it. So I was like, well, you know, why not kind of thing. So fairly cool. 
Anyways, that's it for this week. Very news-heavy week this week. Um, I don't really know what my plans for this week are, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure I'll be playing some more Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Um, but I probably should play more games, but if I do, it's going to be Farland Story. And if we when we're streaming, it's going to be One Piece Unlimited Adventure. I don't know what we're going to talk about in the next couple weeks, guys. Just letting you know, it's going to be a rough one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. Um, but yeah, we'll see how things go. I don't know if there's anything specific coming up that I'm like, hey, we can we can chat about whatever. But still, I think this is a pretty hefty amount of news here. So I'm pretty happy with this, even if some of it was fairly old. But I think it's old stuff that was interesting to look at, at the very least. So anyways, thank you guys for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Um, again, if you are watching this on YouTube, there's an audio version of this where you can go watch that or listen to that. Uh, if you go to Anchor FM, uh, I'm on there. Um, and uh, you basically can download OneChillPort for a majority of podcast services out there or a large number of the most popular ones. So if you just want the audio version, feel free to go there for that. YouTube version has audio of me sitting here talking with a Japanese grandpa in the background with an explosion and bomber girl in the middle of it. So if you want to stare at that for, you know, however long this podcast is, there's a way you can do that on youtube.com. As I mentioned, the YouTube has been reorganized. So if you are like, hey, Ben, I want to go into your backlog and see more stuff, definitely recommend going and checking out there. Again, any feedback on that stuff is always helpful. I'm always kind of just like guessing blind on a lot of these things. Like, I I think this is helpful, you know, kind of thing. Um, Last week, we had the Galaxy Frawling Yuna uh, English Guide video that came out. So if you can go check that out, I would appreciate it and share it if you have people you think it would be relevant to. Um, a lot of subscribers recently. I don't know where they came from. I, I, like, I was looking into the analytics of it, and they just kind of be, like, for a bunch of different videos, not, like, the PCFX-specific stuff. So I don't really know what happened, but I got a lot of subscribers. So if you're new, thanks for joining us. Um, and, and thanks for coming along on this journey uh, <laughs> with, with, with us. And then uh, we'll be getting back to One Piece again on Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time if you want to come check that out. That's a weird One Piece game. It's a weird video game in general, I think, for a 2007 Wii game. So um, it's kind of a fascinating thing to look at. Uh, maybe not the most entertaining game to watch, but I think a really fascinating game to play. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you again. I hope you have a great week. Bye.